Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mdiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into a discussion just around uh, the recently held State of the Nation address. Um, we saw President Sir Ramaphosa taking uh, the stage in Parliament on uh, Thursday uh, last week to give us uh, uh, the 2023 State of the Nation address, um, giving an overall view of uh, what what uh, the country looks like, you know, some of the policy agenda items uh, that they'll be looking um, looking to work on for the year. And then um, once that's done, we then start seeing finer detail around how that vision is going to be implemented on a practical level uh, from uh, the various ministries of government. And a big one is uh, the budget speech that's going to be coming out from uh, National Treasury, the finance minister, Enoch Gondongwana, uh, that's expected to be next week. Uh, so for today, we're just going to be getting into a discussion around what it means uh, specifically for uh, you and I as consumers and, you know, some of the things that we should be expecting going forward. Uh, to help us to walk through this, we are joined by Corne Wellman, who is a franchise principal and financial advisor at Consult uh, by Momentum. Corne, greetings to you today. Hello, Thank you for having me over. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today, Kone. Uh, Perhaps uh, just uh, a place that we can begin your overall impressions, because after digesting, uh, you know, maybe two hours of uh, of a sauna address, there is a general impression that a person tends to walk away with. Um, what's that impression on your side? You know, to be honest, I spoke to a few journalists just after Sona and my, my initial feeling was actually positive because at that moment, um, Ms. Mr. Maposa said everything that I wanted to hear. You know, if I made notes beforehand, everything he said, if I went through my notes, that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I want to, to happen. But realistically, to be honest, I'm extremely disappointed with our president's lack of detail as about to how he's going to fix all these problems. The feeling I got was that he did not have as much a sense of urgency about the matters, but more like, you know, like talking about it has already been seen as progress and achievement. Okay, I definitely see what you mean uh, from that point of view, a lack of detail and also at the same time wanting to get further clarity around some of those big uh, items. Uh, if I may ask, what are some of the items that uh, you are looking to get more detail on? I'm pretty sure uh, that many South Africans uh, are concerned about load shedding, for example. Um, a lot of statements being made about uh, promises to fix that, but uh, you know, still just trying to understand fully what that means. Yes, the South Africans are tired. You know, we're tired across the globe. Everyone is tired. Um, when Mr. Maposa said no man gets left behind, I almost wanted to say, but sir, uh, just look around. You know, we're all a little bit behind. Um, as a nation, we all fall behind. So if you look at four things I wanted to hear, of course, we all wanted to hear about the energy crisis that overwhelmed the, the speech this year. Infrastructure. We sit with that on a daily basis. I'm not even talking economic scale. I'm talking day-to-day -day consumer basis. You know, there's things we complain about, water, potholes, those sort of things. Um, transport, for instance. Local production, 
And the other thing is obviously job cash and that jobs create, um, that is unemployment is South Africa's biggest problem. You, you think the energy crisis it, but job creation is, is the biggest crisis we have. So when we're now looking forward, um, Kone, to, I guess, the budget speech, because, you know, whatever lack of detail there has been from uh, the president, one at least expects uh, that the various ministers are going to be filling in some of the blanks for us. I guess from a consumer point of view, as someone who's probably advising many people on a daily basis, uh, what are some of the things, you know, just based on the concerns that you are seeing from your work? What are some of the things that National Treasury um, should be at least giving us a little bit of more color around? You know, I think let's look at the positives and the negatives. We're not there's not only negatives here around the um, what's what's going forward. I think what's upsetting is that we do have an abundance of other resources. That was the biggest thing that that came to me from from this speech is. Why are we only now talking and still talking about fast-tracking licensing of independent power providers? I mean, people are struggling. We're talking bread and butter. We can't make ends meet. Why are we? Why are those things not being done? If you look at the things, let's just look at the things that the president wanted to include. The things that he said that I think are magical if he does this. So. What we need to do is we need to fix um, uh, the coal and power stations. We need new capacity for renewable gas and storage. Um, we need new investments from businesses and solar roofs. Uh, we need long-term energy. The thing is just how are they going to introduce this? He did not give us a time frame. He did not give us any detail. But those are workable things. But do we die? Those are things that that happened yesterday to to fix power stations you know what the president noted that the unreliable supply of electricity is mostly due to insufficient maintenance and corruption so fix that first and what we want to hear is we want to know what is happening not only what is going to happen so from a consumer point you know, if 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 ESCOM does not fix itself on, on layman's terms, this economy is not going to recover. People are not going to invest in South Africa. People are not going to come to South Africa. I don't know. Did you see Richard Quest's interview when he was here last week? Unfortunately, not. I hadn't had a chance to. Um, he tripped around a little bit, you know, because he's 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 um he's very he loves South Africa, and he said, you know, we have this thing we call load shedding. It's actually power cuts on a daily basis with sugarcoating it. And although he loves this country, he says that, um, and he, he speaks from a broad perspective, people are waiting to invest in South Africa and they're staying away because of power cuts. Not load shedding, power cuts. If you look at last year, we had 200 days with power cuts. This is this is not being this is not something that we can talk lightly about anymore. Um, we need to have a plan, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wait for the budget speech, as you said. We need numbers. The president said that they're going to take over some of Eskom's debt and they're going to put it in the balance sheet of, um, of Treasury. We need numbers. Um, the president almost undermined Eskom when he said that they have to reduce tariffs. 
how you said tariffs should should not increase like that but in, in other words are they going to decrease tariffs or are they they're going to fix the energy crisis you know those are the things that we concerned and if you look at foreign investors that's answers that they did not get from sona yeah most certainly when you when you think about um, everything that was said that lack of detail is something that people will will likely need to get answers from and also at the same time some of the policy decisions because you know when you look at an escom for example one of the things because there are many factors at escom one of the things that they have attributed to escom being where it is is the fact that tariff increases over the years haven't kept up um with the rate of expenses that the utility needs and if the president is going to say tariffs need to come down then the question then becomes okay cool they need to come down but are, does that mean government is the one that's going to take them on because uh the 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 power utility does still need the money to keep up with expenses that are rising in the same way that expenses are rising for us as consumers they are rising you know for an escom and uh, someone also needs to understand what's going on there uh but outside of um the power crisis because that's definitely the biggest things i think one of the other things that people are interested in at least on a consumer level and that has wreaked havoc for consumer pockets is the issue of interest rates and inflation um do we expect any what you call this uh do we expect anything to be said about this i'm sure inflation will be spoken about uh by the finance minister next week Yes that is something that's not really sona related they keep it for the for the finance minister so we have to sort of make our own um uh, you know we have to see what we can take from the speech that will lead to that what he did when he spoke about the extension of grants when he was at that stage of his speech he did in his closing arguments i didn't know if he listened to the closing arguments he noted um that the an expanded social protection system will reduce poverty that's you can't have an expanded social protection to reduce poverty if you keep on making people dependent on the state that's not going to reduce poverty but then his speech indicated that treasury was considering urgent measures to mitigate the effect of, of load shedding on food prices but he did not give us detail so he did indicate that treasury was going to give some sort of relief on rising food prices that's inflation what you're talking about and now we have to wait and see what this is because what's happening your poverty levels are increasing daily um and and we sort of you can't take you can't you know the reserve bank actually added another they detracted another 2% from its assumed growth right for south africa for 2023 based on load shedding alone So if you look at that there's no way for interest rates to come down soon and there's no way for inflation to come down soon. The only way to bring down inflation we back where we started this conversation energy crisis. Yeah, when uh, when you when you take a look at the myriad of factors around the country we always talk about the fact that 
the economy is interconnected. One factor um, has a knock-on effect on another factor, and that's the cyclical nature of uh, you know the economic circle, if we're going to be calling it that. And uh, you know everything at the moment seems to be circling back to this issue of the energy crisis, energy uncertainty, and its impact on you know everything that's going on in our lives right now. Where I am, we the electricity literally just went out as we were recording because it's not the top of the hour i can already suspect uh, that that is a fault <laughs> as opposed to to normal load shedding which is the other unintended consequence of everything that is going on right now uh, but Kone, because you are dealing with people on a daily basis and you have uh, sight into the type of issues that uh, south africans have right now what is concerning uh, because we're talking about sona uh, because that's policy we're also looking at uh, the upcoming uh, budget speech that's also policy and all this policy is trying to do is to address um, consumer issues uh, the plight of ordinary people on the ground from what you can see as a uh, as a financial advisor what are the things at the moment that are really that are really affecting you know uh, pockets uh, for ordinary people that uh, that needs to be addressed I'm glad you asked me that, you know, because all the other things about restructuring and economics, you can go and ask the economists, and there's been so many articles written over the weekend. I think we've all went into that over and over again. Um, and as you said, the interests between government, businesses, labor, and the civil society, there needs to be a link between those. And currently, there's just no link. It feels like the man on uh, at street, you know, my clients, myself, it's almost like we left to cope on our own. And um, I'm going to come, let me just remind me to come back to the state of disaster. What I see every day, and I feel like I'm going around and around, I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it's the rise of living cost. The cost of living is catching up to every single person. And, you know, I never want to downplay the fact that, you know, in certain terms, some of us are more privileged than others. I don't want to go that route. What I want to tell you is that if the people that were suffering before, the poverty line, those people are now not suffering. They are not making ends meet. They don't have food. If you want to say in, in real man's terms, people who are previously suffering literally don't have food to eat. People that were previously just making ends meet on the poverty line. Your middle class, your average South African middle class that is the group of people that gets the tax system going. You know that your person getting your RP5s, they pay their tax every year, and they've got a car um, to service. You know, they, they keep the economy going. They buy, and it's some, the demand and supply. Those people are not making ends meet. And the middle that you sit with an economy where the middle class are starting to default on payments, default on the school fees and default on salaries that they need to pay. Remember, now I've got people working for the middle class that falls into another class. Middle class can't make payments. What do they do? They can't pay those salaries. And we're sitting in a disaster like I've never seen. And I've been in this industry for 25 years where the middle class cannot make ends meet. And if I'm, if I'm talking about not make, make ends meet, I'm talking about people can't afford I'm not even talking about savings. They are not saving. They cannot make payments on their bonds. Um, if you 
it's thousands of rands. They can't make payments on their on their cars. Food prices has increased. I I don't know. I've got two kids. I don't know about you, but I am actually scared to go to the shops because it's so expensive. They can't can't pay school fees. It is enormous what's happening in normal people's lives these days. No, it certainly is, and I think you know, just speaking from uh, just speaking from experience, uh, you know, a lot of people have always dreaded getting to about uh, the fifteenth or so of the month because that uh, that has tended to be when a lot of people are sort of just uh, gliding along. There's very little money left in the wa- in the wallet or bank account, and you're just waiting for the 25th or the 30th, depending on when you're paid. Um, but one of the things that is happening now is that that 15th I know. is now the 10th. <laughs> I feel it too. In some cases, you know, it. yeah, in some cases it could be even shorter than that. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at previous generations, uh, the things that uh, our previous generations could do, whether it's buying cars but especially you know just putting a roof over one's head buying a house uh, you know things like that are now you know much much harder and you can extrapolate that you know for the various segments of uh, of the society and the economy so it is quite a tough uh, place to be at and then uh, so perhaps that's where we can end off Kone uh, because I know that you wanted uh, to say a little bit uh, of something around uh, the state of disaster. Yes, I just wanted to just add a little on. I think we should talk about things like this more. Um, you guys that are out there, I think people feel they're not alone. That is one thing I find a lot these days. People think it's only them struggling. We are all struggling. And there are plans to be made, and they should speak to people and make plans. You know, there's, um, people should not give up. I, I get that. You ask me, what am I dealing with every day? That's what I'm dealing with every day. It's almost a loss of hope. But there's always a little plan to make. Um, the state of disaster does bring a little bit of relief. Um, I know that a lot of economists are against it for very good reasons. If we look at what happened in COVID, that was our last state of disaster, and that was another disaster. Let's be honest, they ate our money. <laughs> That's what happened. Um the state of disaster does, however, bring relief, immediate relief. And that's what our people need. Look at the man on street. I'm not an economist, so I look at the, I do not look at, look at the broad picture here. I'm going to be honest. I look at relief in front of me. Look at your person that needs to go to work. They need to earn money to feed their children. At least if the government can release more money for diesel and generators, the shops are going to be open. People are going to go to work and they can buy their children food. So a state of disaster, not a state of disaster surrounding ESCOM, a state of disaster in general gives you something that nothing else can. It gives you immediate relief. And as South Africans, there are people out there that need that. They just, I'm just hoping and praying that they're putting these resources towards the people who need it the most. They need to give the people who are struggling, the people who are the, where the poverty are the worst, those are the people who first need disaster relief. You know, it is a disaster. It's not, this is not a, a luxury relief. It's a disaster relief. So at least they, there's going to be, and then for your upper and middle class, there is also a lot of relief. If you look at the tax incentives on solar panels, 
what's a big thing is the hospitals that's exempt from from load shedding. You couldn't do that without a state of disaster. You can't declare something like, like that. You couldn't wait for that. Funding for diesel, that is something the state of disaster brought us. And then there's also something the state of disaster brought us, and that is the minister of electricity. I'm not going to say something about that because I think I should just not just keep quiet there. So, um, yeah, so if we can look at the, that was a bit bold move by the president and let's, let's hope and see. I, I still have a lot of confidence in my president, so let's hope he's going to do the right thing. So there's not only negatives surrounding that. People need to see that there's a reason behind that. And I still believe good is going to come from the from the state of the disaster as long as the money is being spent where it should be spent and not what happened in COVID. So we certainly hope that uh, those uh, that money, those resources are put towards those that uh, need it the most and that uh, it certainly doesn't go to waste. And uh, that was us uh, just looking at uh, the State of the Nation address that was held uh, this past week. Some of the big picture items, obviously, uh, the pressure that continues to be on consumers in South Africa is a big theme that we spoke about today. And a lot of that being exacerbated by the state of low shedding not only on consumers that now have to contend with uh, loss of productivity as well as uh, loss of ability to do normal things such as being able to cook to clean and uh, go about uh, their household activities without power but in a lot of cases now having to get on the burden of uh, taking on the cost of backup power um, in a lot of people's homes as well as businesses um, out there so energy uncertainty continues to be a big thing that is affecting consumers, that's affecting government, that's affecting businesses. It is the one big policy agenda items that government does need to get right if we're going to be able to have a positive uh, knock-on effect on everything else. And also, uh, just uh, highlighting, Kone, highlighting the fact that there is so much pressure that is on consumers at the moment. We can't downplay uh, what people are going through right now, and uh, hopefully a big fix does come along. That was us. We were talking to Corne Wellman, who is a franchise principal and a financial advisor over at Consult by Momentum. Corne, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. You must have a nice, good, rainy day. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.